0: All right, but kicking things off on the program today with the government confirmed yesterday its intention is to have an emissions pricing plan for agriculture before Parliament wraps up but the Ag Minister, Damien O'Connor says that time's running out to finalise the system to price these agricultural emissions. I see also that James Shaw uh, said yesterday, the climate change minister, that it was very unlikely and then of course there's talk of a fertiliser tax which kicked off in the House yesterday. ACT part agriculture spokesperson Mark Cameron joins us now to talk all about that. G'day Mark, how are you? Good morning Dom, how are we? I'm well, thank you. Excellent. Well, um, do you do you regard yesterday as a bit of a win? I see that uh, in your media release yesterday, you're, uh, you're taking the credit for it?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the biggest belief that we're now this far through the process and we still as farmers don't know whether in, uh, hey, when either as proposed was going to work what the alternatives are, and then when we questioned the Minister in the House about a potentiality for having a tax on fertiliser, i.e. urea, and nitrogen fertilisers, what did that look like? He sort of flip-flopped between his answers, committed to the fact that he was engaged in discussion but didn't necessarily say that it was something that the government was going to do. So uh, if you're a farmer sitting in in in, 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 in rural New Zealand trying to ascertain what your future looks like, and where the margins are, um, it's all sort of left to to consternation and and wonder at the moment. And I think I would say uh, we've got a cost-of-living crisis, which we all agree, food inflation or prices on food have gone up over 12%. Um, Any tax on... Fertiliser would only add to the woes of consumers. So there's a lot going
0: on. Yeah, there's been talk for a little while about this fertiliser tax and uh, I guess following yesterday's comments and uh, proceedings in the House, that would now seem to be completely uh, off the table. But it was never really on the table, was it? There was more sort of backroom negotiations as far as I can make out.
1: Yeah, look, pretty, pretty much. I mean, he categorically... Um, didn't rule it out. He, he did say that he was in negotiations. He used the word probably. Well, probably is very wide in its scope. Um, I think that the question has to um, go back to the Minister. What is New Zealand in the, in the rural setting in an emissions pricing scheme look like between now and the election and post? Um, I'd wager anyone that the sector... Uh, um there's quite happy to engage in honest and genuine conversations about mitigation technologies as they emerge. But anything that's arbitrary in front is construed as a tax. It can only be so um, and a Levy on fertilizer would just heighten that that problem. I think the counterfactual is as the minister will always argue, in the absence of it, um, we don't have the necessary funding for the technologies that will help ameliorate or mitigate the emissions on farm. Well, gracious me, things like Boviera have sat on the desk of the EPA for over two years to be sanctioned. So we've got to have an honest conversation about, you might say, causality, cause and effect and outcomes for rural New Zealanders, and I don't think we're having it.
0: Well, it's interesting because there's been a bit of speculation around uh, that the Hiwaka-Ekanoa um, negotiations have basically broken down. Can you shed any light on that?
1: Um, No, I can't. I mean, I'm not in those meetings, but it's been suggested to me. Industry partners have now become quite disenfranchised with the process as the government was, um, you might say, negotiating in good faith. And it appears that there were tinkerings after the fact. Um, All all the major industry groups have now pulled, you might say, the metaphorical pin uh, in terms of engagement. And again, I, I, I stress the point, I'm not in those meetings. But all the the sort of conversation I'm having on the ground, um, it's becoming more and more evident that it is deeply problematic. And I think we've just got to go back to basics. This was predicated on an emissions footprint from the primary sector, i.e. the ruminant sector, if we're talking about methane. The ruminant sector, by numbers, has been falling since 2006. This technology that the government is seeking to have funded via... Um, government initiatives in partnership with industry um, currently it's not commercially available. Most of the technology is in development. A lot of its development is offshore. Let's have a legal framework that had that experimentation and development in technology onshore which we currently don't have. That's one part of the conversation. But in the interim anything that's thrown against the rural sector has to be um, viewed as a tax um, quite simply because We all agree that as our emissions footprint or profile in the industry falls, um, we currently don't have anything as an alternative to ameliorate it further or mitigate those emissions further. So it can only be construed as a tax and you can see um, why the rural sector is so upset by that.
0: Mark, it would appear that the change in Prime Minister has been a big factor in the, I guess, stalling of the process around Hawaka That's what the, uh, the the commentary is suggesting on that anyway.
1: Mm, mm. I, I, I tend to agree. I think what's happened is, is, is that when we go back to bread and butter used to use their wording, some of the issues that the previous Prime Minister might have thought to be front and centre Issues confronting New Zealanders seem to have somewhat gone on the back burner. Now, you know, withstanding, I'm sure that that Damien O'Connor and James Shaw are still trying to negotiate a truce, you might say, on what an emissions pricing scheme will look like for the rural sector. It doesn't seem front and centre um, conversation in the public sphere to the same degree. Now, I stress the point that it's sort of been offered to us as a default position for the coalition government, a FERT tax could be proposed. And that's why we're so keen um, as a a parliamentarian who represents rural New Zealand to jump on it and find out the validity to it. I think in all of this, the sector deserves some certainty. We've got massive on-farm inflationary pressures, which are only just recently abating. And I think the wider point is this affects consumers and that has to be um, articulated very, very clearly. This would affect the cereal, you know, a fert tax would affect the cereal industry, the dairy industry, and those in the, um, when I say cereals, is an arable. Um, the horticultural sector and the dairy sector, and by virtue, you can see Quite significant increases in price for food.
0: Um, and, yeah, no one needs more of that at the moment. That's for sure, as you alluded to earlier. But the, um, uh, the problem, I guess, is if no agreement is reached by 2025, and it is very unlikely that we're going to get any movement uh, with about, what, there's only 28-odd days, I think, of uh, Parliament sitting this year left, um, agriculture will enter the emissions trading scheme.
1: We've advocated for that to, to, to be completely left out of them. I mean, actually, very clear that, that any, any agricultural pricing should be totally devoid of the ETS, and that's what we've always said. I mean, the Act was, again, the only party that voted against the Zero Carbon Act. We opposed Haywock I from the start because it didn't speak to the, the, the full reality of all on-farm sequestration. I think we, as, a, as, as you, you might say, common sense... Um, uh, thanking people in all things rural Acknowledged the fact that the mitigation technology Was emerging and it lacked uh, commercialisation and, and what was being developed was being developed offshore We're not opposed to doing the right thing I think the question has to be What does outcomes look like? And if it creates an environment Where by virtue of trying to do the right thing Falls to emissions leakage We've achieved nothing We've made ourselves productively poorer as a country and hurt consumers, so the ACT Party has been very, very clear on it. We post the Zero Carbon Act because the targets were arbitrary, and the technologies that were currently in development, as proposed to help farmers with hay work, hay work, economic didn't exist. So it's not for the sake of being belligerent; it's being practical. We've got to help New Zealand continue to reduce its emissions profile, but it cannot be on the back of. Being productively poor and worsening the outcomes.
0: I see you've got an uh, offsider in the ag space now within the ag party as well, Mr. Hoggard coming in there to uh, uh, help boost the rural ranks, as it were.
1: Yeah, cracking good right. Another fellow farmer, another true company, you might say, a um, pragmatist. And again, it's about sharing in all things, and you might say in the rural narrative. Uh, I spend quite a lot of time in this place, unfortunately, explaining ideas rather than debating them, and I have I think that's a a problem when it comes to rural representation. Having Andrew as part of the ACT team going forward will only further embolden in the rural narrative. Um, and representation and good old rural New Zealand deserves it.
0: Well, watch the space around uh, all of this stuff. Uh, Mark Cameron from uh, the ACT Party Ag spokesperson. Always nice to catch up. Thanks for your time.
1: Lovely. You take care.